word now. Now that we all animated, we fresh, we minds are open, our heart is open, we're going to have a pastor come and bless us, Pastor L.J. Miller. Come on, somebody give Jesus a great big hand clap. Come on, all over the building, let us bless him. Come on, let's bless the Lord in this place this morning. Come on, I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you're dealing with. Amen. He's still worthy to be praised. Come on, if you think he's worthy, bless him. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you today. Father, we honor you today. God, we exalt you today. God, we extol you today. God, we celebrate you today. God, we lift you up, God. God, we magnify you, God, because you're worthy. God of all the glory, God, all the honor, God, all the praise, God, all the dominion, God, I know you sit on the throne. God, I know you sit high, God, and you look down low, God. You lift a beggar from the dunghill. Hallelujah, you're so awesome. You're so kind. Don't they sound good? Oh, y'all blessing the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you excited to be in the house of the Lord today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Truly, I'm thankful to be here today. Amen. God put a special word on my heart. Y'all know we've been in our, our love series. Amen. And amen. We were fasting for the city this weekend. We were talking about, amen, last week we talked about learning how to love yourself. Amen. How many of you loved yourself better on this past week? Amen. Sometimes you've got to learn how to make people respect you, amen, and not tolerate beneath what you deserve, amen. Amen. But this week, amen, God put something on my heart, amen. It was on my heart to go one way, but he kind of shifted me, amen, and I want you to Amen. How many of you know that God has feelings? How many of you know God has feelings? How many of you know God has emotions? How many of you know God responds to, amen, how we feel and he, you got to respond to how he feels? And God put something on my heart. Amen. Y'all remember when I preached a message, I think, the last year? I preached a message called His Name is Jealous. Y'all remember that? And I was talking from the first commandment, how the Bible says, <clears throat> how you got to love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind and soul and strength. And amen, in part two of this message, this series, amen, that he put on my heart, the title of this message is called, It's Complicated. Or don't act like y'all don't know what that means when you go on Facebook and you're in a relationship and you put on your relationship status. It's complicated. Somebody say, sometimes my relationship with God gets complicated. Sometimes you get entangled in things and sometimes you kind of let yourself get caught up and your heart get kind of go this way and that way. And sometimes your walk with God is not as easy as you think it should be. Sometimes you got other things fighting for your attention, so sometimes it can get a little complicated. Oh, my God. Somebody say, preach, preacher. So I'm going to preach to you today. I feel this one. Oh, I feel this one. So, y'all, when I heard the Holy Ghost tell me that, 
I say it's complicated. I said, okay, let me, let me hear what you're saying, Lord. And the Holy Ghost was like, well, Google that. Go look up what that Facebook status means when you put that about your relationship that is complicated. So I had to go to the Urban Dictionary. God say, I have feelings too. How many of you know sometimes your relationship, do you ever been in a relationship with somebody and it gets a little complicated? You know you love them, but you're not sure if they love you back. Do you give your all, but you're not sure if it's coming back? Do you want to get married? They don't want to get married. You ready to commit? They not ready to commit. Do you ready to show the passcodes? They not ready. You know, you get in them little moments where things get a little complicated. Huh? And God began to share with me. He say, son, there's some people that want me, but they want the world. He say, some people want me, but they want the club. Some people want me, but they want the things of his life. And Jesus say, you can't serve two masters because that's kind of complicated. He say, because one master going to pull you this way, and then the other master going to pull you this way. Somebody say it can get complicated. And I'm preaching the first commandment to you because the Bible says that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of your heart. With all of your mind, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. Amen. And we need to know how God feels about the love that we're showing him. Amen. Let me give you some definition of <laughs> what that status means in your relationship. It says... One of the options for relationship status on Facebook <laughs> refers to you know, a relationship that's in an ambiguous state, meaning you're not sure if y'all on good terms. <laughs> ambiguous means it's kind of cloudy. You're not kind of sure if you're ready to commit. You're not kind of sure if they're ready to commit. <laughs> it's kind of complicated. You, 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 you ready for it, and they kind of like, I'm not ready to be married. Kind of neutral. I want to, but I still kind of, ooh. Mm-mm. Second part about it complicated means when somebody in the relationship is dissatisfied with the relationship. God said, I'm not happy with the way everybody's showing me love. God said, with some of these relationships, I'm just not satisfied. God said, I'm just not feeling the love. Y'all better understand what y'all hearing today. God, God want me to tell the church world that he's not going to just accept anything. And you're not going to just love him any kind of way and throw him any kind of sacrifice and think he's so desperate for love that he's going to just take you throwing him anything and he just say, oh, I'm glad they came to church today. We've got to know God has feelings. Somebody say God has feelings. I used to hear them kids say stuff like this, I'm feeling some type of way. What that mean? You trying to understand, and you just, you look at them. What's wrong with you? I just see them teenagers. They laughing at me. They know what I'm talking about. See, when you in a, you involved, but you just kind of you 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 wondering. 
Hey, when we going to talk? When when you come, when you do you even think about me? Am I even on your mind? God said, come and let us reason together. That's when a man grabs his woman and say, hey, it's been kind of cold around here. We need to have a talk. Let's figure this thing out. We need to sit down and talk about, hey, what's going on? You don't feel about me the same way you used to? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. Somebody say it's complicated. <laughs> now, God told me to tell you just like this. He said, you can put your status on Facebook as it's complicated, but by the end of this message, he's looking for you to change that from it's complicated to in a relationship. Some of y'all might think y'all in a relationship with God right now. You ain't in no relationship. God is in a relationship. God is showing all the love. God is doing everything to make the relationship work. But God is saying, when you going to do something to make this relationship better? God is going to ask Israel, he say, what fault have your fathers found in me? God say, what's wrong with me? What is it about me that you don't like? He say, are my ways not equal? Am I not fair? Am I not just? Don't every time you call up on me, I answer you. Sometimes before you call, I say, here I am. God said, tell me one time you called up on me and I didn't come through for you. But why is it when I call up on you, you have excuses why you can't come through for me? God say, I'm faithful. Every time you call up on me, I'm right there. Every time you need me, I'm right there. But when I need you to do something for me, the Bible say he sent an invitation out and everybody with consent begin to make excuses. Oh, my God. God, I would give you my whole heart, but I got Rico. God, I wouldn't give you my whole heart, but they got this black and white party Friday night. God, I would give you my after this black and white party, because then, God, I'm going to go ahead on and get in the, well, guess what happens? When you go to that black and white party, then they're going to advertise the next weekend, and you're not going to be able to come. Then you're going to think about the all-white party. The longer you take to commit, the more the world going to throw in your face to keep you from God. I'm telling y'all how God feel today. God says it's time for the church to know how I feel. I know how they feel. They always crying to me and always asking me to save them and always want me to pay a bill and fix a marriage. But God says today you going to know how I feel. God say, I'm not feeling the love. God say, you pray when you want to pray. I deal with you at 5 in the morning, you just hit the snooze button. I want to talk to you, you just want to get another hour of sleep. See, when you really love somebody, you can do whatever it takes <laughs> to make sure they feel in the love. You're going to go the extra mile to make sure they feel the love. Jesus began to talk about how some people say, well, I like that church, but that's kind of far. He said, guess what? The queen of the south going to rise up in judgment because she came all the way from Africa to Jerusalem to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And Jesus said, behold, a greater than Solomon is here. 
that woman traveled for days to get to where she felt like God was. And some people say, well, I would go to God, and I, would, I know the power of God is there. I know it's there, and I can feel it when I go, and, but it's kind of far. The queen of south, she's going to stand up in judgment day. When you begin to say that was too far, she's going to say, but look how far I traveled to his side. She literally going to rise up. God going to say, queen of the south, stand up. Tell these people how much you love me. Then they begin to say, the woman that Jesus forgave, the, she, he forgave that woman of many sins. She walked up to the Lord while he was sitting there because she took her hair out. She took that expensive ointment out, and she began to take her hair because she began to pour that ointment on his feet. Because she began to take her hair because she began to wash his feet. And when Jesus felt the love, they began to say, why is she doing all of that? <laughs> she said, "Every Jesus said, Everywhere the gospel is preached, the love that this woman showed me today, she took the last little bit of what she had to prove to me that she loved me. See, how much are you willing to go through to prove to God that you love him? Oh, my God. Somebody say, Lord, I want to know. How you feel. Oh, my God. How you going to come to the house of God and never hear how he feel? Huh? You need to know how God feel. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you today. Hallelujah. God, I bless you, God. I honor you. I worship you. Father, I love you today, God. We love you today, God. God, our hearts are open to you. Our minds are open to you. Our thoughts, God, are open to you, God. God, we open up our hearts to hear your heart. Father, to hear your mind. God, we want to know how you feel. God, I want to know how you think. God, we want to know, God, what's on your heart, what's on your mind today. Hallelujah, Lord God. Have your way, oh God. Let your spirit be upon me today, my Lord God, to express your heart. God, to communicate what you think. God, and I bind every spirit that will come to hinder your word. God, I pray, God, that the word of God would have free course. God, that you would speak to somebody today. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. While you're standing, turn to Exodus chapter 34. I want you to understand something. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Y'all going to let me preach today? <laughs> Amen. I feel like I need to preach anyway because I can feel the enemy. Amen. But that's okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to put the devil on the run. Huh? Y'all ready to put the devil on the run? Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 34. Hallelujah. And if you have your Bibles, amen, get there, get there. Amen. Let's see. Let's get to Exodus 34. And we're going to go to verse 14. All right. 
Y'all ready to go into the word today? <laughs> For thou shalt worship no other God. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. How many of you know the Bible said his name is Jealous? That word jealous means, listen to me carefully, bearing no rivals. No rivals. God is saying today that he's not in competition with nobody. <laughs> Do y'all hear me today? God said, is either all me or none of me. God said, I want your whole heart or none of your heart. God said, I want your whole mind or none of your mind. I heard somebody say, talk to me, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> he wants your whole self. He wants your whole strength. He wants all of you. But he don't want none of you. Amen. You may be seated in the house of God this morning. As you take your seat, somebody say it's complicated. Well, now, y'all know I'm a priest to y'all this morning, right? Somebody said, come on, let's go to the book of Genesis chapter 4. And this message is really going to make you kind of self-reflect, which is good. We need to do that. Amen. Genesis 4, verses 3 to 5. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering Unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. Here's the part you got to capture. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. Does God respect your offering? I want y'all to think about that today. What is an offering? An offering is something that you give to God. Money is something you give to God. Time is something you give to God. Your service in church is something you give to God. Does God look at your service to him and it makes God say, I know they gave me their best. Hmm. Y'all quiet on me today. <laughs> That's good. Because guess what? God wants you to give him the same respect and reverence you give every area of your life. Amen. Don't go to your work at 7 a.m. and you clock in at 7 and then you come to God at 11 and you're supposed to clock in at 9.30. If God is saying, if your team say, hey, we're going to be here for 9.30, 8, whatever, you got an obligation, 
and hey, you look at it like if God is telling me he want me to be there, boom, I'm going to be there. Now, what does that mean? You got to rearrange your life. When you love somebody, you rearrange your life. This is why relationships don't work because people get in relationships, but they're not ready to rearrange their life to make sure the relationship is getting optimal attention. God is looking for you to rearrange your life. Oh, my God. Guess what? Sometimes you might have to, like I do, I used to, now I got to make sure on Saturdays I'm getting ready for Sunday. Because I know I got to go to my father's house. You see, because things come up. Things could happen. You got to give yourself margin for error. You got to give yourself time because you don't want your God to look at your offering and not respect it. Why did God respect Abel's offering? Because when Abel went out to the field and he looked out on his crops, maybe it was whatever kind of crop it was. Let's just say it was a watermelon. He walked out there, and he didn't just grab the first watermelon he saw. Because when you truly want a good watermelon, you're going to feel it, you're going to squeeze it, you're going you're to touch this side. and You know, when you really know how watermelons are supposed to be when they're ripe, you're going to kind of take your time and make sure if you feel a spot on it that's rotten or a spot on it that's not good, you just go to the next one. So imagine Abel going out to his crops, and when Abel was going out to his crops, he began to look at him, and he began to say, okay, I'm getting ready to give this to God. <laughs> I'm going to make sure that I go through this field and the absolute best watermelon that I can find, that's the watermelon that I'm going to come and bring to God. See, the offering is just not about what you bring. It's about the preparation that you put into the offering. <laughs> See, God respected the offering because Abel took his time and said, I'm getting ready to go before a great king. So I got to make sure when I go before this great king, I'm coming with the absolute best that's in my possession. Cain, on the other hand, look what Cain did. He was keeping the, he had cattle. So he would walk out there and he would say, oh, man, I got to give God something. Oh, no, that cattle right there, that one too healthy. <laughs> oh, no, that one right there too lean. I'm going to keep that for me. Oh, no, that one. Oh, look, that little bitty one over there got one eye. Look, that one over there that's crippled. Look at this one over here. Okay, this one's small. And he just grabbed it, and then he walked up to God, and he just said, here, God. And God looked at that offering and said, who do you think I am? <laughs> That's how God is looking at some of your offerings and saying, who do you think I am? God is looking at some of them offerings and saying, you must not know who I am. And when he when Cain threw that offering up there, God looked at that offering, and God was like, 
I was like, no way. And he just looked at Cain offering him with him about his business. <laughs> See, and this is what I saw when, whenever God began to share this with me. Do you remember when the Bible says that Isaiah saw the Lord and he saw the Lord and the Lord was high and lifted up and his train filled the temple? So what Isaiah was saying is that he saw a vision of God. And when he saw that vision of God, he saw God's, he saw that train, and he said he saw the glory of God, and he saw God's reaction. And this is what I saw when God was giving me this, this message. This is what I saw. It's like I saw God, he stood up in heaven, and when I saw, he began to, as people was giving their offering, he was walking around and he was looking at it. <laughs> and I could see that in my mind. It's like the Holy Ghost just pressed that up on me. And it was like, this is how God looks at offerings when people give them. Remember, we're not talking about just money, y'all. We're talking about anything we give to God. Okay. So whenever God saw them coming up, when God see your service, when God see your attitude toward him, when God see you bringing it, he's in heaven and he's inspecting it and he's looking and he's watching and he's like. Okay, see, he took his time. He gave me the very best that he had. Oh, my God. Oh, I, I respect that. I respect that. That's a good offer. Then that other one, when that, when that lame cow, when they went burning, God was looking at that, and he said, oh, my God. They really don't understand that I'm a great king. They really don't understand that I'm just not desperate for somebody to love me. Y'all, God is not desperate. I'm going to use one of them teenager terms. He's not thirsty. Y'all think I don't be paying attention, huh? <laughs> God not desperate. God is not saying, oh, man, I hope somebody worship me. I hope somebody. No. It's when you bring something to God, God either has respect for it or God is looking at it like, not that. I'm not taking that. I told y'all we're going to know how God feel. Amen? All right. Let's go over here to, I'm going to read that again. It says, and in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought up the fruit of the ground and offered it to the Lord. And Abel, he also brought up the firstlings of the flock. Of the fat thereof, and the Lord have respect unto Abel and his offering. So let me flip that. Abel was in livestock, Cain was in grain. But unto Cain and to his offering, God had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why are you mad? And why is thy countenance fallen? He said, If thou doest well, thou shalt be a shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lied at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Amen. Somebody, don't you want God to respect your offering? Hallelujah. Let's go to the book of Malachi. 
chapter number one. Amen. Amen. Malachi chapter number one. Hallelujah. And we're going to start over here at verse number six. Well, let's start at verse one. Malachi one, verse one to five. The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. Here is God talking. He said, I have loved you, said the Lord. Yet you say, wherein has thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, said the Lord? Yet I love Jacob, and I hated Esau, and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Whereas Edom said, we are impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places. Thus said the Lord of hosts, they shall build, but I will throw down. They shall call them to the border of wickedness and the people against whom the Lord has indignation forever. And your eyes shall see, and you shall say, the Lord will be magnified from the border of Israel. What is this passage telling you? Now I'm going to get into the spiritual side of your offering. How many of you remember Esau? Y'all know who Esau was? The scripture called Esau a profane person. Okay? That word profane means whenever you have, whenever you viewing the object of your love without a lot of respect. Whenever you, okay, for instance, here's what happened. Esau had the birthright. We all know the story. But he got hungry. And when Esau got hungry, Jacob said, Esau, give me your birthright. Esau said, what good? is this birthright going to do for me, seeing that I'm hungry? So he exchanged his spiritual place with God for something for the flesh. And God remembered that. You see, the descendants of Esau, you don't want to be a descendant of Esau. You don't want God to look at you as a person that's willing to exchange your spiritual status for something temporary in this earth, something for your flesh. Can I say that again? <laughs> you don't want God to see you as a descendant of Esau, which is somebody that's willing to exchange your spiritual status with God for something temporary that the flesh has to offer you. Now, if you look at the passage, it went from Esau to the land called Edom. Okay? Esau's descendants, they moved into this country called Edom. And those people took on the personality of Esau. And what that meant is they had no respect and no regard for God just like Esau. Remember, I was teaching on those generational things. You don't want to treat God like that because the people that's watching you and the people that's following you, they're going to think it's okay to treat God like that. And then they're going to have haphazard Christian lives. But when you're excited about God, and when you love God, the people that's looking at you, the people that's watching you, the people that's following you, they're going to take on that same personality. But if you just give God anything, you just throw him any kind of offering, you just think, then guess what? All the people in your circle, they're going to think it's okay to serve God the way you serve God. And listen, Christian people, if you read this passage, these people 
they were wondering why things in their life couldn't come together. And God said this, it's because the way you treat me. God said, how fair is that? Do you give me any kind of service? Do you throw me any kind of song, any kind of worship? You come whenever you want to come, but then you want me to bless everything you do. That's not fair to God. That's not fair for us to treat God any kind of way, and then we want him to bless everything we do. The church has become users. You know what a user is? When you just conveniently, you mean, 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 but when you want some, hey, good morning, how you doing? We don't talk to God until we need something. We don't call on him until we get in a bind. Let a light bill be due. Oh, God, have mercy on me. Oh, God, I need you. Oh, God, I bless your name. Soon as that light bill get paid, back on 95.5. <laughs> back on, what's the station in Lake Charles? 104.9. Soon as God come through, you, got your God. you need a move of God. You need God to do something for you. You got situations not going right, so now the gospel station is on. <laughs> See, that's the mind of a user. You're trying to trick God. You're trying to make God do something for you. You're trying to make God. You got your, got, you got your rap music on. Soon as a problem come up, oh, back to 102.9. Let me put my Todd Delaney on. Let me, let me get myself together. Soon as God bring the marriage back together, you back bumping Dre. Soon as he come through for you, you back at the black and white party. <laughs> Soon as he come through, you back at the all white party. Soon as he, God say, I'm tired of being used by this church world. <laughs> God said, he said, I'm not going to keep allowing people to treat me any kind of way. And then as soon as they need something, they go on a fast, they sanctify themselves, they start living holy, they start apologizing. But as soon as the depression is gone, as soon as I cast the devil out, as soon as I bring them deliverance, they ain't find them again. You got to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength in the good times and the bad times, in the up times and the down times, when it's full of people, when it's two people. It don't matter. You still got to give your service to God because guess what? The Bible says heaven is prepared for those that love him. That's what we're missing. He's preparing a place for those that love him with all of their heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's commandment number one. How can you move to commandment two, three, four, and five when you can't even do the first one? You got to give him all of your mind, all of your heart, soul, and strength, and body. Everything about you got to be all God. The Bible said if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things passed away, and everything about that man is God. After he come through and give you that job, don't go back to 107.9. After God come through for you, you can't serve two masters. You can't have Christian music in your playlist and worldly music in your playlist. All things got to be of God. Your playlist got to be all of God or none of God. 
Huh? Somebody say, Lord, that's how you're feeling, huh? Oh, yeah, y'all got to talk to God because he's letting you know today how he feel because he's good like that. When you call up on him, he going to answer you. But just because he answer you don't mean he respecting your service to him. Oh, my God. Because he good. Have you ever done something good for somebody even though they don't treat you right? Well, that's how God is. Just because he come through for you, that don't mean he's satisfied with the relationship. That don't mean he's satisfied with the relationship. You remember what I told you, what is complicated mean? Somebody in a relationship not satisfied. What's worse? Now think about this. Um, y'all ever been in a relationship and you didn't feel the love coming from the other person? To stay married about five, 10, 15 years. See, marriage is a, it's a lifetime <laughs> commitment. And sometimes in a marriage relationship, you might hit a dry spot where just looking at them might get on your nerves. See, some of y'all just got married, and you still in the googly eyes. You look at them, and you still got the little funny feeling, and your stomach still queasy. <laughs> see, y'all can tell. When you like that, you still, you about three to a year in. Let me see you still getting stars in your eyes after about year number 10. Huh? Let me, when you, when you start really learning who you're married, can you start seeing that they're not as clean as you, and, you know, you start having some personality clashes. Let me see if you can still have that warm, fuzzy feeling in your heart. Well, that's what God is looking for. God is not going to be in a relationship that go dry and stale. He's just not going to do. Oh, my. Help me, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Somebody say, God, tell me how you feel. <laughs> what kind of God we serve? That I'm sitting here right now. I'm just telling you it's hard. God just wants somebody to know he's not feeling the love. God just wants you to know today, hey, that he just, he, he hear you saying it with your lips, but in your heart, he knows that there's other things battling for your time and your affection and your attention. And God is saying, I'm just not feeling the love from you. Now, when you're in a bad relationship, somebody in a bad relationship, you know what they'll say? Well, that's your fault. I told you I love you. Just get over it. But a good relationship what you say? You don't feel the love? Hold on. <laughs> Friday night, we're going to get a babysitter. <laughs> and we on. See, a good relationship is intentional. <laughs> see, you got to make time for a good relationship. Okay, so Friday night, that's what? We're going to get a babysitter around here, and me and you going out on a date. We're going to do what we used to do. See, when you won me, that's what you used to do. And to keep me, that's what you got to do. That's what God is saying. To get my spirit, you, you gave everything up. And to keep my spirit, you're going to have to keep everything out of your life. Paul talked about winning Christ. See, when you get the Holy Ghost, you won Christ. You did enough to make Christ give you his spirit. You won him over. You, you got rid of the music, the boyfriends, the club. And when Christ saw all of that, he said, okay, they ready. I'm going to give them the Holy Ghost. Does that mean you won Christ? But to keep Christ. 
Oh, but if you want to keep Christ, if you want to keep him one oh, if you want to keep his heart and his affection towards you, you can't start walking how you walk. You got to, the same way it took for you to get the Holy Ghost, that's how you got to keep walking all the way through your salvation. The Bible say, as you have received Christ, so walk in him. The Bible can't just come open when I'm preaching. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, and I'm going to give you a nugget. When you go back to that offering of Cain and Abel, there was a spirit behind that. Your offering to God is an attitude. And the Bible said Cain, they say God had respect unto it. But what that means is when God respects your offering, you're going to feel his spirit come over you. you, you there's going to be a witness, and you're going to know, man, God was happy. Well, what that's translating to, you will see some people walking in the joy of the Lord. They're excited about God. They're, they're always smiling. They're always happy, meaning they're in this relationship with God, and it's on fire. And somebody wonder, why are they always like that? It's because they have given their whole heart to God. And when you give your whole heart to God, you will experience the joy and the peace that's in Christ. But what's causing your salvation to feel dry and stale is because in your heart, there's things that's warned for your attention. And the Spirit of God is not flowing free and fully through you. And therefore, you're not experiencing the delight of the relationship. Oh, my God. Somebody say a good relationship <laughs> is intentional. See, a good relationship is intentional. And when you're in a relationship, you've got to be able to discern the temperature of the relationship. <laughs> y'all don't, y'all know I like to prove it. Y'all don't know there's temperatures of relationships? Jesus said, I would that you were what? That's a temperature. Or, I'd rather you want me with all your heart, or you just stay in the world, or come to church, and it's like a drag. You say, because if the relationship is lukewarm and it's not intense, he said, I'll just... See, you want a you want a fiery relationship with God. You want that word hot mean passion. You want your relationship with God to be filled with passion and, and 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 anticipation. Man, I can't wait to get to church. Man, I can't wait to get in the presence of God. I can't wait to worship God. That's the kind of relationship God is looking for. Oh my God. Why y'all making me work hard today? How many of you want your relationship with God to heat up a little bit? Somebody say, Lord, I miss you. And guess what God is saying? I miss you too. Oh, man, I see that. See, sometimes, a rela sometimes you just got to humble yourself and stop saying, well, I would be close to you, but you do this. No. Say, you know what? Somewhere along this walk, my mind got put over here. Something else grabbed my attention. I just kind of, but God, you know what? No more. 
God, I'm not going to put nothing before you again. Oh, my God. Look what it says right here. Look at verse. Boy, this is something. Six. Look what God is saying. A son honors his father. A servant his master. He said, if I be a father, where's my honor? He said, if I be a master, where's my fear? Said the Lord of hosts unto you, O priest. Look at this part, y'all. Look at this. Don't miss this. That despise my name. See, you got to realize this. Whenever serving God feels like a drag to you, that is despising his name. Whenever you don't, whenever it feels like coming to church is a burden, whenever it feels like getting in prayer is a burden, whenever it feels like doing something for God is a burden, that's despising his name. What that is saying is, oh, man, I got to go pray. <laughs> oh, man, I got to read my Bible. Y'all, the Lord want us to know he see that. God don't want you to serve him because it's a, like a duty and a chore. God wants you to serve him because you love him. God wants you to serve him because you, 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 you just feel with, he fills your mind. Oh, my God. He says, the priests begin to say, or the leaders, oh, my God. So when God said that, he said, wherein have we despised your name? He said, you offered polluted bread upon my altar. And you say, wherein have we polluted thee? In that you say, the table of the Lord is contemptible. Saints, listen to this part really good. When they begin to go to put the bread on the table to give it to God, they just grow. Can you imagine eating a piece of bread with some mold on it? Can you, when you go look at the bread and you see green stuff around the side of it. But that's what they was giving God. They would go in there and put the bread on the table and wouldn't even expect it. Because how many of you know God wanted fresh bread on the table every day? Mmm. Mmm. I told y'all, somebody in this relationship not satisfied. <laughs> y'all remember when they said it's complicated? It's complicated status on Facebook means somebody in a relationship not satisfied. God is saying, don't come to my table with bread with mold all on the side. <laughs> What's bread with mold on the side? Pray when you feel like it. See, when you pray when you feel like it, that's bread with mold on the side. Oh, my God. And then he said the reason that they brought the bread like that to God was because when they looked at the table of the Lord, it was contemptible. Now, look at what this word contemptible means. And if you, you got to understand, God shared this with me, and he, he sent that to them because he was hurt. Because it hurt him to think that somebody could view him with no respect. Oh, my. Lord Jesus. Y'all with me today? Mm -hmm. 
somebody say, Lord, I'm sorry. Y'all really mean that? Somebody say, Lord, I will treat you better. Somebody say, Lord, you deserve better. You, you, you believe the Lord deserves better? How many of you feel like you can do better? That's all God is looking for right there. How many of you ready to do better? Come on, hold them up there. Heaven, y'all got to realize heaven records. Heaven bears record. How many of you say, Lord, you could do better? How many of you want to recommit to the Lord? Hallelujah. That's beautiful to see all those hands up. Let me just show you what that word contemptible means. Man, that's a bad word, y'all. We don't want to treat God like that. Hallelujah. Contempt means the act of despising. It means the state of mind of one who despises. What God is saying is, in order for you to give me any kind of service, it's a mindset that you're in. It's a way that you view me. It's a way that you think about me, that you feel like you can just give me anything. God said it's a mindset. It's a mindset that Cain had to just throw God anything. Oh, my God. It says lack of respect or reverence for something. Willful disobedience or open disrespect of a court. You ever saw that when the judge is trying to get order in the court and somebody keep talking? He said you are in contempt of court with the judge is saying you are going to respect the court. And you just keep going, keep going, keep going. God is saying he doesn't want us to treat him or to see him with the mind of contempt. Amen? Hallelujah. Oh, God. Hallelujah. My heart hurt for God. My heart hurt for the Lord. Hallelujah. Because the reason my heart hurt for the Lord is because he deserves the absolute best. There's literally nothing you can do. The traveling two, four, three, six hours, 30 minutes to church, that is literally nothing for God. You know why I say that's nothing for God? Christ lived in heaven. That's light years away from earth. He literally was living in luxury. He literally was living in extravagant wealth with angels serving him. And he literally traveled for us to come here and change forms. He literally sat, he literally gave, I mean, he, lit, he literally held nothing back to prove his love for us. The Bible says when you were sinners in the world without strength, God proved his love for you by sending his son to die for the ungodly. I don't think anybody can say that God hasn't proven his love for us but through his actions. See, love is not a word. It's an action. When you say you love somebody, you got to be willing to sacrifice every fiber of your being to prove to that person that you love them. And love plays the first card. God loved us when we didn't love him. Oh, my God. 
Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, God. Oh, God. Hallelujah, Lord. I love you today, God. God, I appreciate you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. I worship you. God, I thank you today, God. I give you glory. Hallelujah, Lord. God, I give you honor, my Lord, God. Hallelujah. God, I give you praise, my Lord, God. God, I bless your name right now, God. God, I worship you, God. God, I honor you right now, God. God, I reverence you, God. God, with my whole mind, God. God, with my whole heart, God. God, with my whole being, God. God, I lift you up, God. God, I exalt you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, God, I glorify you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you today, God. Hallelujah. God, you're worthy of so much more, God. God, you're worthy of better, God. God, you're worthy, God. Hallelujah. You feel like he's worthy. Lift up your hands to him. God, you're worthy, God. Can we just take a break? Let's stand up on our feet real quick. And I just feel a worshiping moment. Let us just worship right now. God, we just worship you, God. Come on, lift up your hands to him. Let us just worship before him right now. Hallelujah, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God. God, we worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you. Just begin to think about how good he's been to you. Just begin to think about all the things he brought you over. All the things he delivered you from. All of the things he done for you. How he kept you on the highway. How he blessed your family. How he saved your kids. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. God, you're worthy, God. God, you're worthy, God. Oh, God, you're worthy, God. God, you're worthy, God. God, you're worthy, God. Hallelujah, Lord. God, you're worthy, God. Hallelujah, Lord. God, you're worthy, God. Hallelujah, Lord. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. Come on, let us worship our king right now. Let us worship our king right now. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, oh God. You're worthy, oh God. You're worthy, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord.
Come on, saints, worship with me. Come on, I'm going to finish this message, but I just feel a worship moment. Hallelujah, Father. Bless you, bless you, bless you. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, we bless you. Come on, we bless you, we bless you. We honor you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. Somebody say, Lord, I'm sorry. Hallelujah. Say, God, I'm going to treat you better. Hallelujah, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I worship your God. I worship your God. I worship your God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I've never done that before, but. Hallelujah. I felt that in my spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. And if you can imagine a relationship. <laughs> Hallelujah. What just happened? How many of you ever had to, amen, come back to the table in your relationship and recommit, reconnect? Hallelujah. Somebody say you sometimes you got to recommit. Hallelujah. It's okay sometimes just to recommit. Hallelujah. Sometimes you get busy. Sometimes, amen, you've got things you've chased after. Sometimes things cloud you. Amen. Sometimes what really happens is sometimes we judge God of people. And sometimes just talking to you, real talk, sometimes we allow people behavior to affect our view of God. And that's really immature. You cannot, maturity is when you can seek after God for his heart and his mind, independent of the people that represent him's behavior. I hope I said that right. You can never base your uh, view and perspective of God all the time solely on people. Because how many of you know sometimes people can get off course? And you can't be immature in your Christian walk when somebody gets off course that that affects you. Because that means the relationship with God is not as strong as you think it is. But when your relationship with God is solid, it don't even matter what everybody else is doing. (laughs) See, a lot of people think sometimes they feel like it's where you worship and who you worship with. It's about your connection with God. That woman, when she met Jesus at the well, she said, Father, she said, our fathers worshiped in this mountain. And God began to say, it's not about where you worship. He said, the true worshipers are going to worship in spirit and in truth. Amen. Because one of them, they begin to say, well, Lord, I'm going to build you a house. And God began to say, what house you going to build me? 
He said, the earth is my footstool. He said, there is no house on the earth that you can build that can contain me. He said, nothing you can fathom in your mind can contain me. He said, you are God's building. God don't dwell in temples made with hands anymore. God, don't dwell, God dwells in earthly bodies. He dwells in temples that's not made with human hands. God dwells in the temple that his hand made, and that's your body. You can't build God a big old fancy building and say, okay, God, this building is gorgeous. Come live over here. The building can be beautiful, and 12,000 people can be in it. But if everybody's wicked, God is not in there. But if the building is small, and only eight people is in there, and all of them have a heart for God, then the spirit of God is going to inhabit. It's not about the multitude. It's about the people whose heart is after God. And when your heart is after God, I don't care if you worship under the bridge. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. God wants people to know that it's not. Stop being caught up in where you go to church. You are the church. Church world has become competition. Paul warned the church world. Now I'm going to close my Bible now. I feel the Holy Ghost. Paul said, when I depart, he said, greedy wolves don't enter in the church world, the global body of Christ. And he said, they will begin to make merchandise of you. In other words, they're going to treat you according to how much your tithes are. When your ties are good, you got value to them. When you can play the instrument good, you got value to them. The church world become about competing for members and merchandising. That's not the heart of the Lord. That's not how God designed this church to be. God is not after you just because you have a talent, just because you can pay big ties. God is after you because he wants your heart. The church world got to quit competing for members. It's not a competition. God is not in competition. You're not a piece of property. You're not a cattle. And no church can put, you know, when, they, when you are a property, people can take like a, they would take a brand and they would put a stamp on the cow and they would say, that's my cow. You are nobody's property. Nobody can put a stamp on you. Some people don't check on the, the sheep. They check on the sheep that's have big tides. I know how this church world works. <laughs> but can you check on a homeless person that come to your church? <laughs> can you check on a person that don't have a job that can't give tides? See, I want to be a part of a true church. I'm not worried about, I'm not in this trying to build and just a big old fancy. Uh, no, I want to serve God with people that lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubt. And that's all I'm looking for. <laughs> because I've, un I've come to understand God. God is not impressed with the church's role book. And ministers and Members got to get that in their heart. They got to understand. It doesn't impress God how many people come to your church. When God is impressed by how many people come to that church that's really in love with him. Can you praise God when the song don't sound good? God say it's complicated. He's tired of all of these Christians that's church shopping and looking for the best building. And, and guess what? We're going to have all of that. I'm not trying to make you think that. 
but the, the, the point I'm trying to make is we have to have our priorities in the right place. <laughs> We've got to check on the members that can't contribute a lot. You might have somebody come to the church that can't play an instrument, don't have a good job, but guess what? If you don't value that person, he said that the church world has to love the least that's in the body of Christ. He said having the same care one to another. A true church is going to care about every member just the same. Don't care about the pastor and not the usher. Don't do nothing for me you can't do for somebody else. Church, church world has become, members have become brown noses. <laughs> See, it's not a company like that. You, you shouldn't think your advancement in the kingdom of God is based on how close you get to the leader. <laughs> well, I'm going to take them out and I'm going to get to, you know, no, man. Let the promotion don't come from the east. It don't come from the west. When your heart is after God and God is raising you up, God will put it on my heart to open a door for you. He say, I open a door that no man can shut. We're not going to be a church that play political games and you got to get close. And, no, seek God with all of your heart and all of your mind. And the gifts and the callings of God is going to make room for you. You can bank on that. Don't rush your calling. Just take your time and go step by step. It took a long time for God to get me where I am. Don't shortcut it. Don't think you got to play games to get there. Just love God and love people. And as you love God and you love people, the burden of the word of the Lord will come to you. And he'll give you something to give to the body. That's why he deal with me, because I just love people. It's not an act. It's not a, it's, it's, I, I love God, and I love people, genuinely. That's how Paul was. I'm not going to treat somebody good because they give more. than the person that don't give, well, you know, I would help them, but let's see how much tithes they pay. Come on, man. What kind of church is that where your service to the body of Christ is based on the status and the family name? We want the spirit to be right. We want the culture to be right. We want things to be right. Hallelujah. Oh, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You want, you, want, you want the Spirit of God. See, when you when you walk and write, the Spirit of God will be with you. Hallelujah. Remember this over here in the book of Revelations. He was talking to the Ephesian church. And he began to say, I know your works. I know your patience. I know how you can't stand them. That's evil. I know all of that. But look what God began to say. He said, but I have something against you. He said, you left your first love. If I never taught you something about God, I'm going to teach you something about God today. I'm going to teach you something that comes from the core of his being. I'm going to tell you what God is looking for. God is looking for people that's going to love him with all of their heart, <laughs> with all of their soul, with all of their mind, with all of their strength. And there's no amount of money you can put in the offering that's going to make God say, Oh, wow, I'm impressed. You can't impress him with money. 
you can impress preachers that's trying to build themselves a kingdom with how much you give. <laughs> but you can't impress God with money. Think about this. When that woman came to the, y'all, I want y'all to, I'm trying to show y'all God. I can feel this. Jesus was standing up there. Grab me one of them offering buckets. I want y'all to understand how this works. I want y'all to get this. I want to show y'all this. And this is how God is viewing us. We need to know how God is viewing us. Hallelujah. I heard somebody say, good teaching. Bless God. Hallelujah. We got to get this. Hallelujah. You got one, Pree? So people were walking up there. Okay. People were walking up there, and they had this person come around, and this person was bawling, like we say. And they passed up there, and they dropped that big check, or whatever they used to give, big something, whatever it was. And Jesus stood up there, and he looked. He gave a lot because he got a lot. That wasn't nothing to him because God was looking at the heart. God was looking at they gave to try to impress me. Jesus was like, I'm rich. That don't impress me. <laughs> I'm not interested in how much you can give. Though you bless God because you love God. Can you give? But Jesus was like, I own the universe. We can't spend money where I live. My streets paved with gold. Matter of fact, transparent gold. I got gold where I live that you never even seen before. <laughs> the gold we have over there ain't even in the earth realm. When you look at it, it's so pure, it's transparent. You can look through it. My crown gold. I got when the New Jerusalem, the, the gates are decked with pearls and <laughs> pearl carbuncle and all kind of jewelry. When I look at God, he's clothed in jewelry. At every entrance is jewelry. <laughs> when I made Lucifer, I clothed him with jewelry. He had jewelry all over his body. But there's no amount of human can give God that makes God say, oh, I'm impressed. <laughs> but then this little widow passed by and all she had to her name was two little mites. Then she walked up to that bucket, and because she loved God so much, she say, oh, this, she say, Lord, I don't have much. But I respect you. I love you. I worship you. I honor you. I adore you. Here's my two mites. Jesus looked at that, and he looked in the spirit of that woman, and he said, this woman has given more because she only had a little bit. But she gave me all she had. And this man, out of his abundance, he gave. He said, who do you think is more impressive to God? The one that loves him enough to give him the last. See, you may not have much to give God. You probably can't sing, but you can wash a toilet. You probably can't usher. You probably can't preach, but maybe you can usher. You probably can't lead a whole church, but maybe you can help fix dinners or take trash out. Whatever you can give to God. Give it to them. And the person that takes the trash out with all of their heart versus the person that preach and make the wall stand up equal to God. Let me tell you something. If you come to the house of God and you take that trash out, 
Don't just go dump it. Say, man, this car is trash. Man, I'm doing this unto the Lord. <laughs> See, when you're doing it for the Lord, you won't get tired. <laughs> See, when you're doing it for the Lord, it won't be a burden to you. When you're doing it unto the Lord, you go out there and you dump that trash, and if a can, a, a, a little piece of paper fall out, oh, that ain't, no. Man, God is watching. Let me do this right. See, God can raise the beggar from the dunghill. See, you might not be able to do much, but if your heart is right, God can equip you through the Holy Ghost with word of wisdom, word of knowledge. He'll make you wiser than everybody on your job just because you love him with all of your heart. That's what God is looking for. You need to know that. You need to know that God is looking for people that's willing to love him above everything. And when God starts dealing with you to give things up, don't fight it. Don't resist it. The Bible say the day that you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Y'all, this whole message is the first commandment. Loving God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. Everything in you, loving God. And guess what? When you really love God, there's no length you wouldn't go through to prove to God how you feel about him. There's nothing you won't give up to prove to God that you love him. And this is the beautiful thing about God. When you, let me read this to you in Psalm 40. And I'm almost done. Amen. Sister said, take your time. Hallelujah. Psalms 40. You can put it back. Thank you, Prince. Psalms 40, verse 1 to 3. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock. And establish my goings. That word miry is like quicksand. And what that scripture is telling you, David got to a point in his relationship with God where it felt like the relationship wasn't going nowhere. Do you ever been in a relationship and it felt like it wasn't going nowhere? Like you just been, it's just kind of dry, it's just kind of stale. Some of you, that's how you feel with God. Like, where's this relationship going? That's what God is saying. Where, where are we going? We're going to be married? Or, like, what are we going to do here? We're we going to do this right. We're going to get engaged. We're going we gonna to commit. We're going to, like, what are we doing? That's what, can y'all listen to me? God is saying, okay, what are we doing here? We're we, we going to be saved? Or, what, like, you know, he say, how long will you halt between two opinions? Oh, my God. So if you're in a relationship with God and it feel like it's a mire or it's not going anywhere, what God is saying is, if you begin to commit, I'm going to establish your goings. In other words, I'm going to restore the relationship back to passion. Oh, my God. How I many of you want God to deal with you early in the morning and talk to you and show you things and give you dreams and visions and use you? Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, God. God said if you commit, he'll do that. 
God said he'll take the relationship out of mired or not going anywhere and set your foot on a rock and establish your goings. And then verse 3 says, and he had put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. And many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. God said he'll get you singing for him again. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. Let me give you this last scripture. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Over there in Timothy, it says this. It says, no man that warreth entangles himself with the affairs of his life. Well, and when you get entangled, sometimes you may want to get out of a situation, but you don't know how. That's called being entangled. Huh? Sometimes in your walk with God, you can want God, but you can get caught up, and your heart can get entangled with other things. Hallelujah. And But you got to know that God has told me to let you know today that he's ready to untangle you. Listen to me. If you commit to him, see, an entanglement, imagine this in your emotions when part of your emotions is after God and part of your emotion is somewhere else. That's called being entangled. That means your emotions. You ever, I remember, I mean, I only love Shannon. Like, that's understood. <laughs> Like, that's like, that's my wife. That, like, there's nobody else crossed my mind. <laughs> there's nobody. But I've heard of situations coming up, younger, where you feel like you're in love with two people. Do you ever feel like you like two people and you like in the middle, you can't decide, okay? I mean, can I get a witness? Anybody ever felt like that? Some of y'all married now. Y'all don't want to pick y'all. <laughs> y'all don't want nobody... He said, we're picking our battles. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want you to understand something. By definition, that's what the word adultery means. You're in a relationship with one and you're connected to another. See? <laughs> if it, and in the spirit, when you're committed to God over here and you're committed to something over here, that's adultery because you came to the Lord and you went into a covenant with him. He gave you his spirit. That means you married Christ, but you still got affections for the things of the world. Y'all, that's adultery. Thou shalt not commit adultery. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. When you connect to something, it gets in your mind. It gets in your spirit. It gets in your heart. And you may want to walk away, and you may be spending time with the other person, but you made a connection somewhere else. These entanglements are real. 
God wants you to know he understands where you are. He knows that you want to serve him with all of your heart. But he understands that it's complicated because your affections are here and there. But if in your heart you commit to him, God will empower you with the spirit to walk away from everything that's not of him. You can't break these entanglements on your own strength. If you could have, we wouldn't be talking about what we're talking about. Amen? See? And you got to be honest enough and saying, God, I'm entangled. I need you to wash my mind. I need you to wash my heart. I need you to wash my body. I need you to get the memory out of me because I want to serve you, but I'm thinking about this old life. I need you to help me. I hear the worship music, but I also hear Zodico. I heard somebody say that's real. I mean, I'm in Louisiana, I know. You want to come to church and you like that, but you're thinking about that trail ride. Anybody ever been to a trail ride? (laughs) See, you need to know that. You need to know that. You need to know the things that's keeping you from having that full commitment to God. Amen? Hallelujah. So how many of you ready to move from it's complicated to in a relationship? Oh, I don't see every hand, and I'm good with that. If you don't, don't, God is not looking for people that's, he ain't trying to force you into no relationship. <laughs> he says, sit down first and count the cost. God is not trying to force you to love him. God wants you to, those that are really ready to move into a relationship with him, he's going to empower you with his spirit, and he's going to change your mind and your heart. But if you're not ready to move into a relationship, and you're okay with staying in this complicated status, stay right there. But if you want more, if you're ready to recommit, If you are ready to reconnect, then that's the people God is looking for. Hallelujah. Because God don't want you to commit and then go back out into the world and be shamed to claim him. God wants you to go out into the world proud to say, I serve God. He said, if you are ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. He said, but if you're willing to carry my name, I'll confess your name before the angels in heaven. Hallelujah. So can we admit that our relationship with God hasn't been as fiery and passionate? How many of you ready to change that? Anybody ready to recommit to the Lord? Somebody say I'm in a relationship. Ooh. You are the bride of Christ now. Y'all need to know, and he's calling on his bride to recommit. Huh? He still want to do great and mighty things with you. Amen. But first, you got to recommit to him. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. God love you so much. Hallelujah. He love you enough to let you know how he feel about the relationship. 
Amen. So God is ready to restore the joy of your salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Anybody that's ready to recommit to the Lord, I want to invite you to the altar today. Amen. I want to invite you up here to meet me up here today. Hallelujah. And as you come up here to recommit to the Lord and to reconnect with the Lord, amen, he's going to meet you at the altar. Hallelujah. He's going to meet you right here. Amen. And we're going to pray with you. Amen. We're going to pray for you. Hallelujah. Come on up. Anybody that want to recommit to the Lord on this morning. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. This is a very intimate time with Christ and his bride. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah.